1: Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. As we enter the dog days of summer, I don't know why they're called that, I've asked that on numerous occasions, and don't remember getting an answer, or if I did, I don't remember the answer. Hmm. I am debating what to begin with. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I have to laugh because my only alternative is to cry. So much of what there is to talk to you about is. Awful. <laughs> it's one awful story after another, but you have a moral obligation to be aware of it. You have to see yourself, if you love liberty and you love this country and you love truth, and therefore you're not a leftist, you might be a liberal, but you're most likely a conservative. If you love all of those three things then you have to think of yourself as a member of an army, and you don't leave because you have opposition. That's what war is about. I've said that we are in a nonviolent civil war for about 25 years, and the onslaught of the left continues in every arena. I said that truth is a big part of it. I have a motto that Truth is not a left-wing value. And I'll give you an example, the latest example. The, The, what is it called? The Inflation Reduction Act or something to that effect. I think that that's the name. So we will be spending vast billions of dollars to reduce inflation. We will go into further debt and we will print more dollars, and that will fight inflation. Wow. That's a big deal to say that. And every single Democrat, of whom I am aware, says that. So I go back to my old question about these people. Do they believe their lies? In this case, I'm torn. They often do. How do you reduce inflation by printing money and by taxing, in this case, corporations more? I can't stand corporations. The bigger the corporation, the more despicable it is. However, I don't let my feelings about corporations blind me to the fact that increasing their taxes is not going to help. It's just going to fund projects. Do you know how much of this project, of this bill, which of course passed because the Vice President is a Democrat, allow me a moment to emote my anger over the Georgia elections that gave us, that gave the Democrats the Senate and which enabled them because of the Vice President being a Democrat to pass anything that they want. And I'm sorry to say, because I thought he was the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln, and still do. Part of the fault, in my opinion, is Donald Trump's, because he was not preoccupied with Georgia. He was preoccupied with the presidential election, which he believes was stolen from him. I was interviewed by the Wall Street Journal. You are certainly free to look at it. You can read it or hear it last week. And they asked me, they, they believe that the election was fair at the Wall Street Journal editorial page and I am still agnostic. The, I don't have proof that the election was stolen, but I have very strong arguments that there was massive fraud. I also believe, as I believe the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, that the left would cheat in any election that they felt they needed to win and which was, in which they were able to do so. My colleague and friend Hugh Hewitt wrote a book many years ago, If It Isn't Close, They Can't Cheat. He was referring to the left. Hugh Hewitt is considered a moderate Republican, and he wrote that book. In any event, the President's preoccupation with the past election, I said on this show over and over. There is only one thing you have to concentrate on, Mr. President, and that is the Georgia election. Two runoffs. All we needed to save this country was one to be decided in favor of a Republican. But instead he preoccupied himself with the last election and kept saying that this would be a fraud, the Georgia elections to which many of his followers said, well, if it's going to be a fraud, why should I vote? And the rest is history. The calamity of the time was the Georgia, or the Georgia 2 runoffs. So now we have vast spending. It is all corrupt. People say we should not support the Ukrainian government because it is corrupt. Hmm... I can't believe the Ukrainian government is more corrupt than the American. Can you? Fifty-one heads of intelligence said with one month to go to the 2020 presidential elections that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Tell me what's more corrupt in, uh, in Ukraine. In Ukraine, the corruption is financial. In the United States, it's ideological. Okay. I don't know which is worse, but it is irrelevant in terms of the outcome. Tell me tell me of a national agency or group. I will read to you later about the corruption at the AARP. <laughs> the association theoretically for retired people also corrupt as the day is long. They are as interested in retired people as I am in basket weaving. Except I don't hurt basket weaving. The AARP hurts retired people. So what do you do with all this bad news? What you do is you fight. You you don't get down. You compartmentalize. That's what I do. I have a wonderful personal life. I'm very blessed. I have a wonderful marriage, wonderful wonderful family and children. I'm very lucky, by the way, when I see the amount of discord, and by the way, I didn't always have this. Just for the record, it hasn't been a smooth journey to the present state of all good family and marriage wise, but it is good. Life is difficult. We are not preparing young people for the knowledge that life is difficult. We haven't for 75 years since World War II. The purpose of the World War II generation in raising children was to make it not difficult. People who had lived through the depression, the Great Depression and World War II, had one goal for their children, make it easy and comfortable. And that produced my fellow baby boomers, many of whom were morons, who said, among other things, never trust anyone over 30. When I was 18 and heard that, I knew how absurd it was, how narcissistic it was, and how it will come back to haunt them because they are going to turn 30 pretty soon. It doesn't seem like you'll turn 30 pretty soon when you're 20, but you do. And then they learned that, well, they didn't learn. There are many in my generation who still believe that. They want to vote to go to 15-year-olds. Why wouldn't they? They have no more wisdom than a 15-year-old. It's a good idea. It was thought in the past That a 35 year old had more wisdom than a 15, and that's why they weren't given the vote at 15 or 18, but at 21. I return in a moment. There is a lot to report. The, re- the inflation reduction act, the world of 1984
0: in 2022, the Dennis Prager show,
1: the rate of inflation we're experiencing is staggering for some people, especially seniors on a fixed income. It's actually scary. The fear of outliving your money is probably causing a lot of sleepless nights. But Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at andrewandtodd.com may have the answer for you. A reverse mortgage can be a lifesaver and provide peace of mind in your golden years. It's not for everyone, but if you're a good fit, it's a life changer for the better. To find out if a reverse mortgage is right for you, it's more important than ever to talk to someone you can trust who will give you honest answers. I do trust Andrew and Todd. They're experienced mortgage bankers with Sierra Pacific who can guide you through every step of the process. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. See if a reverse mortgage is something that will work for you. It could be the exact solution you were hoping for. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. From the Wall Street Journal, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act will be one of the greatest misallocations of federal resources in American history. The bill has many moving parts, but here's a simple way to sum up its macroeconomic impact. It would transfer about a quarter of a trillion dollars. Are you with me, my friends? A quarter of a trillion dollars. Was, there was a time not long ago when a billion dollars was a lot. It takes a thousand billion dollars to make a trillion. The left is ruining the United States of America. The Democratic Party, the party of the left, the media, the media of the left, the universities, colleges, high schools and elementary schools, the educational arm of the left. It would transfer about a quarter of a trillion dollars from America's pharmaceutical industry, which saves and extends lives, and by the way, I'm no fan of them either, the corruption involved in the vaccine alone and uh, the dishonesty there was enough, but it doesn't matter. He's right. The pharmaceutical industry as manipulative as it is is it possible to watch cable news and not see drug ads medicine ads repeatedly in any given hour to the climate change industrial complex which makes energy more expensive that's right, that's all they do that's a good way of putting it, the climate change industrial complex. That's what we're doing. We're shifting hundreds of billions of dollars. Do you understand one of the reasons that people go woke is that's where the money is. Please understand that. The government will subsidize people in in, in great salaries, great incomes. And climate change work. And the universities will pay vast sums, hundreds of millions of dollars, to DEI administrators, deans, and the like. DEI, diversity, equity. What is it? Diversity, equity, and... uh, What is it? Diversity, equity, it's driving me crazy, which is very rare. I don't get driven crazy much. Inclusion. How did I miss inclusion? (laughs) Diversity, equity, and inclusion. You make a lot of money in this stuff. There are hundreds, there's more than a trillion dollars in all of this stuff. The former industry, that is, pharmaceuticals, has produced the majority of the world's 40 most recent wonder drugs. The industry has provided life-saving and pain-reducing treatments, contributing to reductions in death rates from cancer and heart disease by half over the last 50 years. The pharmaceutical industry spends roughly $100 billion a year in research and development, on the race for the next generation of cures and treatments for Lou Gehrig's disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, epilepsy, and other diseases. The price controls—that's right, we're entering price controls. Nixon tried that. The price controls in the Inflation Reduction Act would inhibit innovation and cut American lives short— Drug innovation is estimated by various academic studies to contribute 35 to 73% of the gain in U.S. life expectancy over the past 30 years. One of us, Mr. Philipson, there are two authors, Stephen Moore and Tomas Philipson, has calculated that the bill's price controls would slow research and and development spending and the introduction of new life-saving drugs with the cost in lost years of life 30 times the toll from COVID-19 to date. Using conventional government measures of the dollar value of human life, this could mean tens of trillions of dollars of economic losses to say nothing of increased suffering of those with chronic diseases. And because drugs are one of the least expensive way to treat diseases, slowing drug development through price controls would likely raise health care costs over time. Finally, now consider the green energy industry. Over the past forty years, more than two hundred billion dollars of taxpayer dollars have poured into green energy, mostly subsidies for wind and solar power, through direct payments, loan guarantees, and renewable energy mandates. The feds have been awful at picking winners, thinks Alindra, and this bill would spend another three hundred, not one. Three hundred eighty billion dollars. Talk about corruption. Become an environmentalist. Get rich. It is the opposite of the free market. This is this is socialism. The government cr- owns, in effect, industries. It creates industries. It destroys others. The United States effect on. On climate change is minuscule compared to China and India. China is using coal, and so is India. We could have used nuclear power. However, please understand the anti human aspect of the environmentalist movement. They don't like the human race, they like Mother Earth. Alex Epstein has made this point very clear in his latest book. It is truly a war on humanity. The only upside of many environmentalists is that they don't have children. By the way, that's the proof that they believe what they say. There's a caller calling saying the left does not believe their lies. If they didn't believe their lies, they would have children. I read to you and I wrote a a column on this last year, how many New York Times subscribers commented on an article on not having children, how they yearn for their daughter or son to have a child. They want to be a grandparent, but they are proud of their child for deciding not to bring a human being into this world to further pollute it. Children are seen as pollutants by the environmentalist left. Sick is a proper term for the left. But they're in control by one damn vote, that of a vice president, an impressive woman, I might add, Kamala Harris. And half this country votes that way. I don't believe there's any damage the Democrats could do that would persuade any substantial number of Democrats not to vote Democrat again. Running a small business without HR? Talk about high risk. It's time for Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses like yours so you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. First, Bambi's HR Autopilot automates your core policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. Then, your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance, available by phone, email, or real-time chat. With Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month, no hidden fees, and cancel any time. Bambi has received thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, and their customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them. Go to Bambi.com slash Prager right now for your free HR audit. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Prager. Bambi.com slash Prager. Yeah, it's really amazing. That they uh the denial that monkeypox is overwhelmingly, I mean, 96 to 98% of those who get it engaged in male-male sexual activity. We live in the world of lies, and it is the left that is the world of lies. I know for a fact that if you're committed to truth, you won't be on the left. It is a fact. The, just the name of this three quarters of a trillion dollar spending, half of which hundreds of billions of dollars go to green energy, not to nuclear power, not to desalination plants, no, to green power so that we could further support China, the vilest government in the world in terms of danger to humanity. With lithium batteries. Yeah, that's one of the major things that they they produce. (laughs) The, The evil that is so commonplace. The ease with which people who do bad think they're doing good. Do you know how easy it is to fool your conscience? The conscience is very, very weak. In most people. Its, its role is to acquiesce to what the person wants to do no matter how bad. According to Roy Baumeister, great one of the greatest criminologists in America, who has studied murderers in prison his whole life, most of them have clear consciences. In fact, think they're victims and, as he points out, Have very high self esteem. If the conscience is such a weakling, how do you produce good people? You've got to start very early. That's the greatest single question in life. How do you make good people? But since the Enlightenment, the the educated fools, which is almost redundant, believe that you don't need to educate people to be good. You just have to show them love. That's the helicopter parent. They they don't discipline. They show up at every event of their child. And then we wonder why we're in trouble. And what does it produce, ironically? Less happy people. The depression rate among young people is the highest in American history. Do not allow this to cause despair. You have a choice in how to react to bad news, my friends. With despair or with courage, you know which is right. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotion in the store, but you get them home, and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft, but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. Hi everybody. Welcome back or welcome to the Dennis Prager show. One of my favorite people on earth. Maybe even beyond earth, now that I think of it is in the studio with me, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is unique. You know, I find it impossible to fully uh, accurately describe you because while I venerate the notion of comedian, you you transcend
2: that title what would you want me to say you are i've never really given that a lot of consideration but um i would say i want to put my ideas in your head i'm i'm not any different than you were or are you know you always tell the story about just wanting to share ideas and you know people say "We, we want you to run for office or we want you to do this or do that and your your replies all you wanted to do in life is really just take your ideas and transfer them to other people now i i do it with more humor you do it with more wisdom but it's the same process and you know when people say well, you know, what do you like? Podcasting or books or radio or TV? I just say I just want to transfer my ideas into your into your head. Talking is probably the best way to do it. You know, the visual gets distracting, adds other components, and things like that. But um, I just like to think I, I think of myself as a as a humorist and a thinker.
1: Yeah, I love that you describe yourself in ways I describe myself. You you look. You, you are clear you would like to influence people, period, yes, Good. yes, and you do, and you do a very effective job if i'd have asked you that ten years ago or twenty, would you have said the same thing
2: no, yeah i I was always pretty, you know, I, I was never really just comedy for for the sake of comedy i, I always wanted to have an idea involved in in the comedy and I was always kind of that way I started in radio I started doing a show called Loveline it was an advice show you know so the very first thing I ever did That's was right. yeah. people called in and Dr. Drew and I gave them advice so it's it wasn't like I started all right off so now comedy
1: knowing you and your history so when you were in construction
2: work till what till what age were you in, in construction work I was in construction work from high school to about the age of 31. So I did about 12 years. So
1: at 25,
2: what do you want to do with your life, Adam Carolla? Your answer would have been? Well, what was I realistically and practically going to do with my life, or what did I want to do? What did you
1: you want to do?
2: I wanted to do comedy of, of some form. So you would not have answered, I want to influence people's thinking. That would have been a, a lofty goal for me. Even at 25? Yeah. Oh, it would have been too lofty. Too lofty. I see, too okay, lofty. okay. I, I wanted to work at a greeting card company writing funny Mother's Day slogans <laughs> or get into a writer's room of a sitcom you'd never heard of and just write punch-up scripts. You know, I All I wanted to do at that point was get off the construction site and get into some air conditioning. I don't I don't think people really realize, you know, when you're really working blue collar, you know, it's 101 degrees in the valley today. I worked in the San Fernando Valley. I worked outside. You know, it, it's kind of tough. You drink from the hose, you go to the bathroom in the porta potty, you eat off the lunch truck before it was cool. And I just wanted to like go into a building like this with some air conditioning and a drinking fountain and a break room and a vending machine and a key card. That's all I wanted.
1: One final question on that, and then I want to get to your your brand new book. Uh, did you make the guys
2: at the work site, your fellow construction workers, laugh? Well, this is an interesting point that I was talking to Dr. Drew about the other day. So I was... I was. I went to New York. I did Gutfeld show, and then I, I I interviewed him for my podcast. And when we were done, Gutfeld kept writing me these emails saying, "Oh man, the things you said so interesting. They stuck with me. You've you, you've changed the way I thought about X, Y, or Z." And he was then telling that to Drew when they went out to dinner a week later. And I was saying to Drew, "Guys like you, guys like Dr. Drew, guys like Gutfeld." They appreciate me because they can't appreciate what what I do. The, the guys on the construction site, the guys from the neighborhood, uh. the guys on my football team, they were like, shut up, no one cares, sit down, you know. Because they, they couldn't intellectually, it was like a, a dog, and it's going to sound self-serving, but a dog doesn't know the difference between kibble and filet mignon. It just knows it. It's just food. It may prefer the kibble. It may prefer Salisbury steak. Over filet mignon, you, you know what I'm saying? Totally. And I grew up that that was everyone I grew up with was that way. So later on, I run into guys like you, and you go, "Oh, Adam, how great must it have been to be one of your classmates or friends, or you could you could regale us with stories on the construction site? Not that would have been young Dennis Prager would have enjoyed that, but you weren't on a construction site. That
1: that, that is fair to say. So when did your book come out? The book, folks, is everything reminds me of something. Advice, answers, but no apologies. Adam Carroll, it's up at Dennis dot com. Everything he writes is worth reading. When did?
2: When is it coming out? It's out right now. It just came out a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. So, by the way, who is your publisher? I am very curious. Post Hill. Oh, Post
1: good. Hill Very produce, nice. Yeah. The, he. His thoughts, he, see, let me explain Adam Carolla, which is funny to do since he's here and he could explain himself perhaps better, but not necessarily. No. It, it is could. good to have others explain yes. you. See, Adam Carolla sees things that the rest of us don't see. And I'm not being cute. In other words, he sees the same thing we see, but sees into it, and then can make you laugh while thinking about it uh i mean when you and i would went around the country and did some events together are they on youtube by the way are, are some of them are i think
2: people <laughs> i don't know i think i think we have so. to ask the living martyr yes that's right exactly. you and i are exactly the same which we have no idea uh-huh. whatever happened happened and we were not archivists
1: the 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 internet is our archivist. Yes. We're not. Yes. Right. No, that's fair. But anyway, so Adam would 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 see things. You know that oh, you don't know this. This is gonna crack you up. So my wife periodically would note that I didn't notice something in the house, which is fairly common. And do you know what one of her favorite lines is? Adam Carolla would have noticed it.
2: Well, Adam Crowley used to be a carpenter, so he would notice what was going on inside the house.
1: <laughs> you are part of our marital conversation.
2: Thanks. I'm so when, uh, honored. Yes,
1: thanks. <laughs> what percentage of men would know if a new doorknob were on the front door? Um, it's a serious question. What do you
2: think the answer is? Well, the front door, maybe their key wouldn't work, or they would have to. Oh, no, no, know, if the key worked. With it. The key yeah. worked. Uh, i'm sixty three and a half percent last time I checked but that number moves around. Uh-huh.
1: would would notice it
2: i have i i don't know because i would you would i would except for i wouldn't notice if my wife got her hair done, so I have shortcomings oh i may i might notice but there's there' are things i don't notice that are right in front of me. Because I might look past those to try to find some sort of deeper thing to notice, if, if you know what I'm saying. Right. So there's certain things that I don't notice that are very apparent that maybe others would, but I may be lost in a deeper notice thought. Give, give, my, give me and my listeners an, an example of a piece of advice in your new book. Oh my God, there's so much advice in there and there's so much noticing in there. I will talk about something that I think is interesting. It's not really a piece of advice, but people asked questions. Uh, one of the things in the book is really just internalize as much as humanly possible so you can control things, which sounds trite. But what I'm saying is, is, I think there's some weird thing where people think internalization is also going to involve you beating yourself up. And what I keep telling everyone is internalize, but then don't beat yourself up. Just internalize. So try to find your role in everything that goes wrong in your life, even if it appears to be completely random. And I use the example of saying you go to a restaurant on seven o'clock, at 7 o'clock on a Friday night and the restaurant's closed. Most people would be angry at the restaurant. Who closes on a Friday night at 7 o'clock? I would say, you should have called them first. And people would say, that's insane. And I would say, you're right, but you could have avoided this. If you try to carve out that one piece that you had control over.
1: For this alone, I'll explain. It's worth getting his book. I would like to remind you of the good that PragerU is doing in, in touching kids with the American values. American values are e pluribus unum and God we trust and liberty or if you will life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness push it the way the way you want that's what we're doing and whatever you give in August whatever you give this week I should say August is fundraising month for PragerU whatever you give is matched so if you give $100 you're giving $200 etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. PragerU.com 833 PragerU one of my favorite people is in studio with me, and uh, that is Adam Carolla and his book, his latest book. What book number is this? Six. Wow. Everything Reminds Me of Something. The subtitle is Advice Answers, but No Apologies. See, your, your insights, that, that one was perfect. Don't, you have two pieces of advice. I just asked Adam randomly piece of advice from the book so if you go to a restaurant on a Friday night that's his example and it's closed you're angry at the restaurant or you're angry at yourself that's basically your choice or better since you don't want people to internalize it you're angry at the restaurant or you accept responsibility for not having called.
2: yeah I I think well look the ultimate externalization just makes you a victim. You know, this is all systemic racism. You know, this is all we have. The, the coach hates me. You know, all this kind of right. external thought. And if you internalize, then, then you have dominion over your life. But people look at internalizing as a way of beating yourself up. So mm-hmm. we resist. You know, that's what kids do. You know, wasn't my fault. You know, the dog ate my homework or whatever, whatever it is. I'm saying there's a balance internalized. So you take control and then leave the negative part off where you beat yourself up. Would right. You say, or, or, or,
1: or don't beat yourself up too much. I mean, or it, or it,
2: have, you know, have a, you know, I've been driving in this town for 40 years. I've never made contact with another vehicle. I've never been in an accident. And people say, you're lucky. And I say, no, I have hypervigilance, and I see what's going on around me. And they go, yeah, well, I got into an accident. I'm just driving along. This guy just hit me. There's nothing I could do. And I say, how come that's never happened to me? Because I'm aware of... Of what's going on and I'm avoiding things before they happen. I'm, I'm essentially taking responsibility even when it's the other person's fault in a car accident there's still ways you can avoid it if you're aware of it is basically what I'm saying. Now look everyone has a story where you're sitting at a red light and some drunk driver just comes barreling out of the night and crashes into you. That's certainly possible for for anybody. But then there's the other 80%. I'll bet you 80% of the accidents that you're involved with that aren't your fault were still avoidable to some degree if you had done something beforehand. By the way, I I have a theory, as you know, I, I guess
1: we're kindred spirits. I have a theory on almost everything. I don't like the word accident, since 99% of the time, it's not an accident, it's a negligent. Mm-hmm. They should be called negligence. I agree. How what does that mean, an accident? It, it, maybe with one party it's an accident, but not with both parties.
2: Right, right. No, that's, that's, that's a good point. An accident suggests no one no one right. is at fault.
1: Yeah, like lightning. Right.
2: Light, lightning is an accident. Right. Accidents are negligence. Uh, I agree. So take control of your life by trying to figure out what your role is in almost anything that go- that has gone wrong.
1: Well, let me just say for your sake, but mostly for my listeners' sake, and I'm honored. I know you listen a lot to, to my shows for yes. years. I'm very, very honored by that. So I have said that the biggest difference between a good religious education and a typical non-religious education is this issue. I was raised in in my very religious Jewish training till 19, and I think Christian kids are too if they have a good Christian school. I was raised that the biggest problem in Dennis Prager's life is Dennis Prager. That formed me for the rest of my life. In regular school and in society, now especially, you're taught the biggest problem in your life is not you, it's America.
2: No, I was taught the same thing. I had young teachers, when I was young, come to me and, and they would say, the biggest problem in your life is Dennis Prager. And I said, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> they said, do not worry about it. That is... You'll find out. By the way, you, that, is a, that is
1: a living example of Adam Carolla's speed. But it is also, I had a definition given to me by a comedian on the show. I, he had a great... Tell me what you think of this. His definition of of humor, of a joke, if you will, is it has to have two things, surprise and victim. Mm-hmm. Your thing, perfect. It was a surprise. Yeah, I was also taught the biggest problem in my life is Dennis Prager and a victim, Dennis Prager. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In And in a, in an element of with the surprise, which is, oh, I... I could finish this sentence for him three-quarters of the way into the sentence, but you can't because...
1: That's right. Yes, the surprise element. Right. You like that? Surprise and victim. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good combination. Exactly. So the book, of course...
2: As uh, long as you're the victim. (laughs) Oh, no, but...
1: Not me. Oh, no, no, but a lot of self-deprecating humor is hilarious, like Rodney Dangerfield. It's the best. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Everything reminds me of something. So... You watch what's happening in America just as I do when you when you realize that- D- Disneyland no longer says boys and girls what do you think about that
2: i th- i i I've been thinking about it for a long time because I've been doing radio for a long time, like you, and I noticed this. Starting in the in the later mid or later '90s, when I was doing Loveline, and so people would call in, and the guy would say, "It'd say on the screen the guy's blind," and I'd say, "So you're blind?" and he'd say, "No, I'm I'm seeing impaired," and I would say, "But my 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 grandfather seeing impaired, he can still drive a car, just not at night." And they'd go, no, I'm blind and, and seeing impaired. And I realized, oh, we're, we're changing everything. I started noticing people saying, I'd say, so you were a rape victim. And they'd say, no, rape survivor, survivor. And I, I was like, I don't know why we're tweaking everything. And in the, the case of seeing impaired versus blind, it actually makes it more confusing because there's a lot of people that are seeing impaired, but they're not totally blind. Right. And I, I was like, what is going on? This is 25 years ago that we're trying to massage everything. And now it's just a sprint with, you know, Latinx and birthing people and, you know, b- no boys and girls people. And, All you right. Know, it- we'll be back in a
1: moment. Everything reminds me of something is up at com.
0: My friends, I have Adam
1: Carolla on. It's always terrific to have him in studio. His latest book just out is Wit and Wisdom. That's what you you have. Everything reminds me of something. God, is that true? It does. By the way, his past bestsellers include I Am Your Emotional Support Animal and In 50 Years we'll, We'll All Be Chicks. I think you overstated it. It may
2: be 25 years. You you know, it's interesting because I wrote In 50 Years Will All Be Chicks. It's about 13 years ago now. And I was thinking about it the other day, which is I was just writing a comedy book. It's just a comedy book. It's it's not really an approach to human sexuality or gender roles or anything. It's just a comedy book. And then when you're done with the book, as you know, at some point they go, well, what are we going to call it? And I was just thinking, you know, anything, anything comedy, anything, it was wide open. But for some reason, in 50 years, we'll all be chicks popped into my head. Because 13 years ago, I must have been thinking, this is where we're heading. This is where we're going. This is sort of pre-all the transgender sports and three bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. But I was... It was in my head somewhere, and that's where that title came from. During one of the breaks, we were talking
1: about Adam's weekend, correct? It was this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday. And he mentioned...
2: And, and Saturday, too, although I didn't
1: go on Saturday. Uh-huh. So uh, his daughter, and she's a wonderful young woman. I, I know his children. They're terrific. And his daughter is on the ha- her high school volleyball team. What year is she in? She's entering her junior year. Okay. So, to my amazement, <laughs> he told me during the break that her team, I want to get this right, played volleyball competition yesterday for nine hours. Obviously, obviously, there were lunch breaks and bathroom breaks, presumably. Yes. Right. But otherwise, she played
2: nine hours. They... Hold the tournaments in Orange County, California, Irvine, California. For the the first thing is, there's no such thing as local anything. It's a it's a one hour drive. They want them there at seven fifteen in the morning, which means you have to leave at six fifteen, which means you have to get up at five thirty on a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, The tournaments start at eight a.m. and they go until three four or five p m depending on whether they win or mm-hmm. not and sort right. of move so, on to the next right. bracket, but the thing I was thinking about you I knew I was coming in today, parking is twenty bucks, admission is ten bucks. Could you imagine your parents paying ten dollars to watch you participate in sports in general well that that is really what I want to get to uh.
1: When I I was on my high school basketball team, I was a lousy player, but I was on the team. And I didn't want my parents to come to my games. I thought it was more manly to not have mommy and daddy watching. Yes. That I I vividly recall that internal belief. Mhm. That is clearly absent today from either sex. So I asked Adam during the break, and then I asked his permission to raise this on the air. And I said, "Were you there nine or eight hours? Out of primarily out of guilt, or or
2: for some other reason? And please answer." Uh, well, out of guilt because nobody wants to watch somebody do anything, anything. for nine hours. Anything. Now, my, my fantasy. I love watching my daughter play, and I love her team, and it, it's pretty miraculous. The, the girls are great. They're always talking. There's a ton of teamwork. There's a, a, there's a lot to enjoy, but not for nine hours. I, I, my fantasies, I want to find the organizers who put this thing together, and I want to go, hey, you know I'm a stand-up comedian, and they'd go, yeah, I've heard of you. Would you like to come out and watch me perform? And they'd go, sure, that'd be awesome. How about for nine hours? Would you enjoy that? And they'd go, no. And I'd go, why not? Why not nine hours? And I'm a professional. Right. Yes, exactly. This is am- yes. These are amateurs. Right. But it's this bizarre conceit. It, it it will literally destroy an entire weekend because it is nine hours of volleyball. Now, it didn't exist when we were kids. We'd play seven innings of of. Baseball or or one hour football, popcorn or football game or something, but this is the new world order. The parents need to be there. They need to cheer and they need to support.
1: The parents need to be there is my next subject. Adam Carolla's book, Everything Reminds Me of Something. You will love it. It's up at Dennis com. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager here. If you missed the second hour, the last hour with Adam Carolla, you missed a great hour. I'll talk about life, and there's nobody I prefer talking about life with than him, than he, actually. It's a gift that I've received in life to have such people in my life. If you have good people in your life, you're a rich person. Let's put it this way. If you're a billionaire without good people in your life, you're a hell of a lot poorer than a middle-class person with good people in his or her life. Okay. I read something yesterday about the city in which I live to be technical, the area in which I live, Los Angeles, and it it is about as good an example as I can think of, of the number of people in America who want to destroy the country intentionally or non-intentionally. What I'm about to read to you even in our age of mind-boggling as the norm, is mind-boggling. Los Angeles measure, that is ballot measure, to require hotels to house homeless set for March ballot. A measure that would require, require hotels in Los Angeles to place homeless people in vacant rooms and the city to consider its affordable housing needs before approving new hotel developments will appear on the March 2024 ballot. If the measure is approved, this is from Epic Times, the city news service, if the measure is approved by voters, the city's housing department would pay hotels a fair market rate to lodge each person after identifying hotels with vacant rooms. It would require hotels to report the number of vacant rooms to the, vacant rooms to the city and prohibit them from refusing lodging to homeless people. I'll comment in a moment. I'll just finish this. The initiative received this is what is this is what I mean. I live in an area where one hundred and twenty six thousand people signed this petition to put this on the ballot and it was submitted to the city council, which voted unanimously on August fifth last week, to place it on the ballot rather than adopt it immediately. Maria Hernandez, communications director of Unite Here Local 11, so this is a union, she's a spokesman for a union, said members of the union representing more than 32,000 workers at hotels, restaurants, airports, sports arenas, and convention centers in Southern California walked to help collect signatures. My friends, this should be listed under kamikaze. An act of suicide for, well, at least the kamikazes, the airplanes, the Japanese pilots who tried to bring their plane into an american ship in the pacific they knew they were killing themselves but they they had a, a purpose a greater purpose to destroy warships of the enemy these union workers are committing suicide but there's no there's no benefit there's no greater benefit this is just suicide Who the hell will want to visit Los Angeles and stay in a hotel where the guy in the next room may be a homeless guy? Would you? Would a single person listening to this show want to do that? Would even a liberal want to do that? Hey, we have good news, putting you up at the Hilton, and and on your floor, all the vacant rooms are taken by homeless folks. Known for, among other things, their hygiene and their peaceful nature. 126,000. Labor unions produce stupid people. I don't think these people start out stupid. I think being in a union renders you that way. We think this is a common-sense issue, and housing is an issue that affects so many of our members every day, Hernandez told City News Service. Heather Rosman, or Roseman, Executive Director of the Hotel Association of Los Angeles, told the council, that is the city council, that hotel staff is not public safety providers and, quote, should not be forced to clean up behind the city's humanitarian crisis. Yeah, but I just want you to know, at 126,000, well, not all 126,000, but many of those hotel workers, Ms. Roseman, that you are speaking on behalf of, want the homeless in the hotels so that they can become unemployed. The hotel industry is here today because their livelihoods, their family-owned businesses, and in some cases, their homes are at stake, Roseman said. Families and business travelers coming to Los Angeles want to know they'll have affordable and safe accommodations when they arrive. Roseman added she feared insurance companies would increase premiums if the measure passes. Of course they will. She said some organizers of large conferences are already contemplating pulling events from Los Angeles. Well, for the record, I root against my own city as decent people in San Francisco root against their city. We are run by a moron. We are run by morons. Truly morons. The L.A. City Council, even though it didn't vote to do this, they are wrecking this city. They have already wrecked it. We're chasing San Francisco to the sewer. And so is Philadelphia and New York and Chicago. And virtually every big city or any city run by Democrats of any size. But people will vote for them. Bambian Taft, who works at a ho- as a hotel mini bar attendant and helped obtain signatures for the petition, said the ordinance would mean a lot to her and her daughter. Certainly will. You may end up unemployed, Bambian. I wouldn't have to pay 145 for a hotel, $145 for a hotel room every night and try to figure out how me and my daughter are going to eat and take showers and sleep, Taft said to City News Service. I don't understand that. You work at a hotel and you you pay $145 to stay at a hotel? Okay. One eight Prager seven seven six. The homeless. Do you know? I'm going to vote. Well, I, I don't live in L.A. I live outside of L.A. But if I if I lived in L.A. There's a part of me, but I wouldn't do it because it's too nihilistic. That would vote for this measure. That I have to believe that there is a point in which even liberals. Forget the left. Even liberals would say the Democratic Party is ruining my my country and my city. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is no point. If they haven't reached the point now with what they've done to schools and universities and arts and everything else, maybe there is no point of destruction. Wherein a liberal would conclude voting Democrat means voting to r- ruin my country, but this is this should be a, a as vivid an example as possible. Let me put it to you this way: I I travel virtually every week of the year. Just last week, I was in Florida, back in L.A., and then went to Texas, and then back to L.A. I stay at, a, at hotels a lot, obviously. So let's say this was an ordinance passed in Chicago. I'm, I'm going to be in Chicago in, in a few weeks. I would not stay at a hotel in Chicago. I would use my rental car to stay outside of Chicago. Simple as that. We return.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
3: So
1: what do you think of this idea? on how to wreck society further. Housing the homeless in hotels in cities where the, where the hotel has a vacant room. And it, by, by law, this would be a law. You have to. The control over people's lives is now taken as a given by most Americans. The government has the right to control my life as much as it deems worthy. That is the left-wing position since the French Revolution and the Russian Revolution. It is the opposite of the American Revolution, and it is now the norm in educated people's minds. The government is in control of your life, and that's a good thing. That's, That's it. That's the change bigger the government the smaller the citizen and it doesn't matter people are totally prepared to be small the human being does not ache to be free you know why freedom means responsibility i am responsible for my life for my family's life and my community's life that doesn't ring well when you can say, the state is in control of my life, my family's life, and my community's life. They take care of me, they take care of my family. Ah, that is beautiful. Nothing's changed. I'm doing, as you know, a series of books on the f- most important books of the Bible, the first five. By the way, Deuteronomy is coming out in October, and I just was told that you can get it for fifty. Whoops, sorry about that. For fifty percent off at the Prager Store, and it's a signed copy. I don't know how they're doing it at such a low rate, but that's a big saving. I don't know how long it'll last. Thepragerstore.com. Help me get the word out, my friends. The Rational Bible. If you haven't read Genesis or Exodus, they're out. Get them at the Prager store or at Amazon or anywhere. Get it at Barnes & Noble. Get it anywhere you want. Most important books ever written. The first five books of the Bible. If you're a Christian, by the way, those are the books that Jesus would have said are the most important ever written. Needless to say, there was no New Testament at the time of Jesus' life. He only knew the Hebrew Bible. Every Christian knows that, but I don't think they, uh, many or all certainly think about that when they think about the Bible. And the first five books are the most important. So in it, you will note that when the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews, whichever term you wish, left Egypt, where they had just been enslaved for hundreds of years. They immediately wanted to go back. Why did they want to go back? They were now free. Because the food was better. They were bored with the manna, I guess. Yeah, that's what it says. What's changed? You know why the Bible is eternal? Eternal. Because it's based on human nature, and human nature hasn't changed one iota. People wanted to be taken care of, to be fed, to be, to be whatever it would take to take care of them, housed. To the extent that you could speak of ancient world as housing, but they had it. Just like today. I saw it in the last two years all over the world, the willingness of people to be obedient like sheep to irrational authority. I have no problem with obedience to rational authority. It scares the living daylights out of me when there's obedience to irrational authority the damage done by the lockdowns I predicted from the beginning when I said it was the greatest mistake in world history. And I was mocked for it, like I care. If I cared about being mocked and attacked, I wouldn't do the work I do. But I was right. April, 2020, I wrote a piece saying it was the greatest mistake in history. I said I didn't say it was the greatest evil. said it was the greatest mistake, and I made that clear, and it was. I also wrote at the time that it was a dress rehearsal for a police state. I was right about that, too. Police states are established by the will of the majority. I would say at least half of America would welcome a police state two-thirds of Canadians, two-thirds of Australians, two-thirds of New Zealanders. Canada became a police state. People were fine with it. Require hotels to house the homeless. Wow. That's a wrecking ball to your society. It is the end of the hotel industry in that city or the beginning of the end. I would not stay in a hotel where the vacant rooms were given to homeless people. Frankly, I fear being beaten up. I would fear the stink. There's fecal matter in the streets of of San Francisco, not because people lack porta-potties or wherever, but because it means nothing to them. Not all homeless do that, obviously. By the way, here's a question too. Are you even allowed to ask it? What is the responsibility of homeless people for being homeless? Is it zero? Is it 10? Is it 50%? Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. I have online... I'm going to get to your calls, by the way. I want to continue with this incredible thing in Los Angeles. A vote. I'm actually happy in some ways that it will be up for a vote. It will tell me a lot about the mentality of my fellow Americans. Forcing hotels to house homeless in vacant rooms in LA. I have on the line a mom who was homeschooling her kids Orpha Berry in te- in Texas and what she has uh, done with them with regard to using materials that we produce at Prager U. Orpha Berry, welcome to my show.
3: Thank you, Dennis. It's good to be with you.
1: So tell, tell us in brief the story uh, of how you got to use materials for Prager U for your kids
3: well, I have always, well, not always, but um, I got to know you um, in 2014 or 15 at Cornerstone. I heard you speak, so I started following you. I started watching your short clips, and I started following on social media, and I said, man, we need stuff for children, and lo and behold, my prayer was answered um, that you guys came up with the app, which I have been using, um, which shows small clips for children. Um, my kids are, my son is 8th grade, my daughter is 6th grade, but we have been watching the videos, which I absolutely love. Great content. It's presented in such a relatable way for them and um, love it. Also, um, books um, or magazines that you guys have come out with, I'm just so excited about them because my daughter in January and in the summer, 6th um, grader or 5th grader at the time, she did a research on, or tried to do research on um, our first Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, and to my surprise, there was nothing available for children in you know the big main stores out there, or even in our public libraries. Um, same thing with Amy Coney Barrett. So we had to just rely on the on the internet. But I am just so thrilled she got her um, magazine books from Prager U as a gift for her birthday and. Margaret Thatcher's on there, which she's now interested. Um, Sandy Day O'Connor's on there, and Amy Coney Barrett is part of those magazines that Prager U is producing and we just couldn't be so much so thrilled. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> that is that is wonderful. Folks, this is Fundraising Month for Prager U, and this week whatever you give is matched by a, a a uh I would say a few generous donors. So whatever you give is doubled. PragerU.com, 833 prager It's August, hence the fundraising. We're doing a lot of good work. Tell me, you have, you have been homeschooling your children. I'm begging, begging, begging parents to homeschool their children. The schools are so damaging in most cases. How hard is it on a scale of 1 to 10? It's a silly question, but it's not unimportant. Is it to start homeschooling a child?
3: It is not hard at all. Um, I'm in Texas, and one of I have to say one of the freest states to homeschool. I mean, honestly, if if there's a will, there's a way. Um, just with a pencil, paper, and trips to the library is a good start. Um, we started in a different path, but as my journey in homeschooling has Continued. I've been exposed and just been overwhelmed with the resources that are out there. And it is so easy. And, again, if there's a will, there is a way to homeschool your children.
1: Where would you advocate somebody go to what website to start? That people don't know what to do.
3: Well, there is a website. Um, when this covers the entire nation... I believe there's a Facebook page. They're like um, a homeschool... Gosh, I don't have it on the top of my head, but they are attorneys that work with homeschool families, and you just go to their website, and they give you each law. They, you click on the state. It tells you what that state requires as homeschool, uh, for, in the homeschool laws, and they will guide you thoroughly on what to do. Exactly. I want
1: people to know that it is not nearly as hard as they think We have 30 seconds left. Make an appeal to people to help PragerU.
3: I highly recommend PragerU. They are showing content that is relatable to your children, that is eye-opening, and it's definitely a good um, educational resource to help them, educate them, and let them know of the world around them.
1: Bless you very much. Orpha Berry, thank you. And folks, please contribute. PragerU.com during the break is a great time.